Well, the one thing that I found on this journey of life is how hard we make it. I don't know if you've done that, but I know I have. I can really create obstacles and challenges and make things really difficult and hard on myself if I allow myself to. And I remember before I started doing that to myself, observing others around me, mostly my parents, once in a while my brother or a teacher, and watching them how they did that to themselves. And when I would be with them, I could see so easily an answer that was just hanging in their aura, just hanging there waiting for them to grasp it, to see it, to look to it, to move towards it. And yet they held on to these other things in their consciousness that made it impossible to go towards that simplicity of this easy, simple answer. Because they were living in their judgments. They were living in their fears. They had taken on belief systems from other people outside themselves, or they created belief systems within themselves. They had placed judgments on themselves in such a way that they could not see the truth, even though it was right there with them. And I became much more aware of this, observing my father as he would go to work and the challenges that he had at work. And I could see this with a teacher at school, my third grade teacher, and all that she was going through in her life. And yet, there was no way that I could really clearly express to them, well, the answer is just right here. Don't you see it? Don't you see how easy it is to get there? Until one day, I was at a church, and I was sitting at the back of the church, watching the minister give his talk, watching the people in their process listening. And I realized just watching people as the minister was sharing with them about God, about love, about all that he was sharing, that very few people were really paying attention to what was being said or to the movement of spirit that was really present in the consciousness within the room that day. I could see the movement of spirit as it was coming in and moving, creating opportunity for souls to experience God's loving. But there were very few that were really reaching up and taking hold of it. Most people were sitting in the pew, off thinking about other things, or caught up inside themselves in their own judgments, their fears, their anger, their frustrations. And yet, here was this loving presence of the Holy Spirit just moving through the room, offering itself to everybody that was there. There was not one that it was going to deny. All that the people had to do was to reach up, to reach up and say yes, to reach up and take hold, to reach up and open up and allow. But very, very few were doing that. So at the end of the service, everybody was leaving and the minister was at the front door 
And as I was going by, because my parents never went with me, they dropped me off. My dad would drop me off at this church and that church. And the minister saw me and he didn't really know who I was. And he says, oh, where are your parents? I'd like to meet them. And I said, oh, they don't come. I just come. And he says, oh, well, then wait here for a minute and let's talk. And so he wanted to know what religion I was, a mem- you know, what religion was I a member of, what church did I normally go to and all this. And I said, well, I don't have a normal church and I've never been baptized. And, you know, he was just like, okay, what? <laughs> Didn't know what to think of me. And so he says, so what did you think of the sermon today? And I said, I thought it was great. I've never seen God's loving moving in such a wonderful way among so many people at once. And he looked at me and he said, what? what how, how did you see that? I says, well, I just saw it. It's just right there moving. And he said, so you see God's loving? And I said, yeah. And I see how people can open up and receive it. And he said, well, did people open up and receive it? And I said, not very many. And he says, well, what, what, why did they not open up and receive it? I was really offering it to them. And I couldn't really explain it that well, being seven, eight years old. But I did the best I could to explain what I thought was the problem. And I remember saying at the end of what I was sharing with him, because he still wasn't quite getting it, I said, well, you know, a lot of people place things between them and God. And when you place things between you and another, you can't see that person. You only see the things that you've placed between you and them. And so they're not seeing the light of God. They're not seeing that movement of loving. They're seeing all the stuff that they've placed between themselves and that movement. And so therefore they don't allow it in. And he said, son, you're the wisest young boy I've ever met. How you got this information and wisdom and insight, I don't know. But I'd like to meet your parents because they must be amazing. So I told my dad that when he picked me up. And my dad says, well, I don't think he's ever going to meet me because I'm not that amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So the next Sunday I went back to that church and I sat there again and I, I used to try to get there early so I could get up in front and my dad would take his time getting to these churches. It's like he didn't really want to go. He didn't really want to drop me off, but he would do it. So I often got there late, so I had to sit at the back because most of the pews up front were full. So I sat down in the back again in the very, very back row. Couldn't even see the minister because all the adults sitting in front of me. So I stood up and I was trying to see and watch him and see what he was having to say. And then all of a sudden, here comes that movement of spirit again. And he said, before we really start today, let's say the Lord's Prayer. Let's just say it with loving. And let's look up and see if we can see God's loving coming present in this church. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> he, he's got it figured out. He, he heard me. So he said, everybody close your eyes. And I closed my eyes for a moment, and then I opened them back up to see what I could see. And 
sure enough, the movement of spirit started really, really strong throughout the congregation. Now, how many people really sensed it? I don't even know if the minister knew it, for sure. But people started looking up. And in that prayer, they started connecting more to that loving than they had the day, the Sunday before when the minister was giving the sermon and that movement, the same movement of spirit was moving through the room, but very few people were connecting to it. And even the things that stood between them and God in that moment didn't stand. There was an open opportunity, an open avenue of consciousness between the person and that movement of the divine because they were focused. They were focused in prayer. They were all focused on the same thing. Our Father which art in heaven. They all began to move in that direction inside themselves, both individually and collectively, to where more and more people were susceptible in allowing that divine flow into their consciousness and into their life. And when I heard them say amen at the end, I just kept watching. And as soon as people's eyes started opening up, guess what happened? The connection started dropping. The movement of spirit was still there. It hadn't gotten more intense. It hadn't moved closer. It was just very, very present in the room. And all the people had to do was to allow themselves to connect into it. But as soon as they said amen and opened their eyes and they were focused back down and out into the world, guess where their focus was? Really and truly down and out into the world and not on the movement of loving anymore. And I learned something that day, that if I really want to connect to that divine flow of loving, if I want to connect to God, I need to close my eyes and go inside. I need to go inward and upward and go and connect to that divine flow of loving. I didn't understand it fully in that moment, but I knew I had had a lesson presented to me about myself, of how to do this for myself. And so I had a little experiment that I, I conducted that week. Everywhere I went, I looked up and I was looking to see if I could see or feel that divine movement of loving. And the more I kept looking up to see at the grocery store, at the barber shop, <laughs> all these different places, the more I began to see it. And I'm kind of going, golly, why haven't I seen this before? Why haven't I seen this this way? And what I realized was, you see what you look for. I was now looking for God, and I was finding God. And that's the way it is for all of us. We see what we look for. We get what we go after. And a lot of us are really spending a lot of time and energy, thought, focus on the world, all the problems in our lives on the situations that we are really unhappy about and want to get away from. And that's what we are holding on to. And that's what we are ever caught up in. 
But if we can let go of that for a minute and just look up and hold our focus on God and hold our focus on that divine movement of loving, we can have that in our life. And I learned more and more over the next few weeks about the difference of that. I can remember we had a test coming up. It was a math test. I hated math tests. I could, I could do the math, but when it came to putting the word test with something, I just blocked up. I was challenged. I didn't believe in myself when the word test was involved, and I would just flub up, especially when it had math test together. English test, I did okay. I can still do the English test, but the math test was really hard. And so I started focusing on this next math test. Monday morning, she told us on Friday, we're having a big test in math. So I want you to all study this week. I'm going to give you every page you're supposed to study. You'll know it all by the end of this week for the test because you'll know the pages to study You'll know what I'm going to be putting on the test. And there's no reason why you shouldn't know it then. And if you have any problems, come and talk to me. But all I heard in that is problem. This is a problem. I've got to do a math test and there's all these things I've got to know. And I learned that week that as I held my focus on the test and the math, and the problem, it only got harder. And things seems to be, just seemed to fall apart. Every time I thought I had learned something about how to, to work a formula, how to do this, how to do that, it just seemed to fall apart inside me when I began to really sit down and do the homework that day to see about what I've learned. And then all of a sudden it came to me I'm not looking up. You know, I'm going to go up inside myself and just connect to that loving. And I'm going to bring the loving into it or I'm going to take it to the loving. I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's when I learned how to give it up to God. You know, you've heard me say it over years and years that I've shared. Give it up to God. If you don't know what to do with it, give it up to God. If you don't see a solution, give it up to God. Well, that's where I learned it. It started with this math test. I realized that if I don't have the answer, God does. So I'll just give it up to God. And I started in that moment, in that week, of giving things up to God and just say, God, I don't have the answer. And I really meant it. I did not have the answer to this math problem. <laughs> That's what I really meant in that moment. I don't have the answer. I give this up to you. Help me. Well, sure enough, when Friday came and she handed out the test, I was really nervous. But at the same time, I wasn't. It was different. Because all of a sudden I had a companion with me. I had this sense of loving with me, this grace, this purpose. I don't know what you would call it. I just call it the movement of loving. 
And I sat there and I began to look at the questions and I began to answer them. And I didn't get a hundred, but I got a good grade. And after that, the next week, the teacher asked me, so what did you do different? Because I got a good grade. (laughs) Did you cheat? No, she didn't say that, but she might have thought that. (laughs) And I just said, I just relaxed. I just stopped worrying about it. I knew that I could do good if I would just give it all up and let go and not worry. I didn't say give it up to God, but not worry. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so that's where I began to realize right there and then to one, always see God first. Look for God first in everything I do. If I don't see God, then I wait a moment and keep looking up to find God, to see God. And in doing that, life has gotten simpler and easier. And when I don't do that, I go back to that little seven, eight-year-old kid who was nervous whenever I heard the word test. Well, isn't life a test? You wake up in the morning, it isn't the next hour, 12 hours, full day, a test? And isn't it filled with tests? So I always wake up in the morning now, and the first thing I do is I look up for God. I do it in meditation. I sit down, I close my eyes, and I go inside and I look up. I look up and find God first and bring God into the moment first before I do anything else. And I invite God into everything. I give it all up to God. And the way I do that is I say, Lord, I just now ask that your Holy Spirit go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions. Well, that's what I learned how to do that day in the test. Give it up to God. And let God go before me and clear away my disturbance so I can stay focused. And then handle what was present for me to handle. I don't say that take away any and all problems and challenges, just get rid of them. I don't want to do them. I just say, help me to stay focused. Remove any and all disturbances and distractions so that I can stay focused on my life. And I can stay focused in the movement of you in my life and invite constantly got into it. That's the key here. And so weeks later, I was at a different church, not that particular church. That was a Baptist church I was talking about earlier. And now I'm at a Methodist church. Little different energy, a little different focus, little different experience, but it's the same spiritual movement. And so I'm back at the back of the church again. (laughs) I never got up front very often. And I'm sitting there, and sure enough, the minister starts off with the Lord's Prayer. And so I think, oh, this is great. So we start with the Lord's Prayer, and all of a sudden I realize something a little bit different. It's not the movement of spirit moving in the room and people allowing themselves to open up and go into it, but rather... It was, I saw all these people focus on 
God, our Father which art in heaven. And in that moment, all this energy individually within each one of them came to a pointed focus and went up. But not up into heaven, it went up into the top of their head. And when they said, our Father which art in heaven, this is where they ended up, right here. And then there was this burst of light. And that's when I became aware of that movement of loving in this congregation. So I thought, okay, there's another key. I just saw something new. So I went home that day and every day for that week, and I would pray. And as I would pray, I would just hold my attention inward and upward here to where I saw that burst of light take place in people, in everybody, or almost everybody. And I began to look to see if I could find that light inside myself or get that burst of light to happen in me. And sure enough, there it was. And I realized something that I wondered for a long time. Because when my mom would have me say my prayers at night, when we would talk about Bible stories, when the minister of this church or that church or at synagogue would talk about God, God was up there in heaven. God was out there. And I I wasn't sure I could quite understand why everybody thought God was out there because I could at least look up and see that divine movement of God above people and we could choose into it. So I thought, why has God got to be way out there? Well, I found that God is right here. God isn't in heaven way out beyond this universe. God is in you. God is found right here. That's the first place where we begin to know the divine within us and to live that divinity in its fullness. So how is it then that we can separate ourselves from God if God is right here? It's because God is inward and upward. God is found inside in that focus of that inward and upward movement of our consciousness. And most of the time, where are we focused? We're focused down and out into the world. I've watched. I've watched myself and I've watched others. People in prayer, people in meditation, people asleep. When you have your eyes closed, your focus is different. It's inward and upward for the most part. But when you open your eyes, you're immediately down and out here. You're out here. You're observing. You're looking. You're searching for something. And that's what keeps us from knowing the truth. The truth of who we are is divine. And where does that divinity live? Within us. It lives within us. It's not out here. It's not in a person, it's not in a book, it's not in a building. It is right here inside of us, each, individually. And that's where we can begin to connect to the loving, and that's where we can begin to connect to the oneness that is us. Because God is one. And it is that divine one that created all of us. And what did God create us from? 
from God. Everything that exists is God in manifestation. There was nothing. Remember, there was nothing until God spoke and created. And the spoken word was love. So it is with that love that is God in action, in motion, that everything came into being, including you. Including you. And not just your soul, but all of you. All these different components. The mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body. Everything is God. God, God, God. So begin to realize this is God. This is divine. This is the divine presence right here. And start honoring it. Start taking care of it. Start nurturing it. Start loving it and let it love you. Because the divine in you is all loving. And it just wants to engulf you in the loving and let you live in the fullness of who you really are. And don't let anything that your mind, your emotions, your imagination, or the world that wants to put between you and God, don't let it happen. Don't believe those thoughts. Don't follow after those feelings. Don't let your imagination distract you from the truth of the loving inside you. And don't let the world put its judgments on you or its fears. Let you begin to connect to the loving, the loving that resides right here, and live in that. And let it be that which guides you, directs you, focuses you, and lives you. And it will if you allow it to do it. And there'll be days when it's easy and there'll be days when it is hard. Because there'll be days when the mind is really active and present and wants dominion over you. And it will do everything it can to stand between you and God. Let the mind do its game. Don't judge it. Don't fear it. Don't blame it. Don't fight it. Just love it. Accept it. Forgive it if you want. And that will keep any obstacles from being created between you and God so that that loving will flow. And the day that looks like it's hard and challenging and difficult will not be so hard because you are calling God in first. God first and God only, I say all the time. And I know that to be the truth. It works. It's not just a cute little statement that somebody made up at seven years old. It's a statement of fact. It's a statement that is true. I have lived it not every day of my life, but I've lived it a lot of the days of my life because there are days in my life where things do get in the way. It would be great if I could say, once you do this, no more problems, no more challenges, the world can't touch you. Well, guess what? It still can. <laughs> but you know how to approach it. You know how to move through it. You know how to live it in a way that makes life easier. As long as you're in a body, you've got things in the body and the world to deal with. 
But just invite God into it and give it all up to God, and you'll see it'll be a very different action, a very different movement, a very different expression than what you might have been experiencing before. And a key is daily. Daily, daily, daily. Meditate, pray, do something by which you are spending time with the divine in you. Daily, close your eyes. Daily, go inside. Daily, look up. And just be with that presence for a moment. Connect into that loving. And then bring that loving with you into your day. Don't open your eyes and separate yourself from it. Open your eyes and see the loving. Bring the loving forward so that you can live it more and more every day. And those that have you been doing this meditation for a while, you know the truth of that. And those that maybe you haven't been doing that yet, start doing it. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, or longer. The longer you do it in a given session, the more you're going to be making yourself available to really experience the greater fullness of it. You give it five minutes, you get five minutes. You do five hours, you get five hours. So that's my little story of discovering divine loving. 